Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wednesday edition of The Real Forno Show. We will be joined by Brett Coleman at some time here today. And we are going to be talking a lot of NFL Draft. We're also going to be talking about the new Trey Lance story that came out today. And that was a, not only the Vikings discussed a trade for Kirk Cousins, but also discussed Trey Lance. How can that fit? How can that work? And why does it still not make a lot of sense when it comes to the financial aspect? We're going to talk all that and more here on The Real Forno Show. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website. Publisher of Substack Run and Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. As well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Real Forno Show. I am your host, Tyler Fornes. With me, as always, is producer Dave. He is in the bottom right corner, as you can see. Um, Brett is going to be on here momentarily. He that just messaged me. He had to reset his Wi-Fi. So hopefully um, we will have him on here in just a moment. Um, Dave, how are you, sir? I am doing great. It's been a busy, busy week. We made our selection in the first Fans First Sports Network draft, mock draft. And the Vikings selected Brian Brisset, defensive tackle, out of Clemson. And I fully expect him to make a huge impact on that defensive line and get pressures 
like nobody's business. Yeah, Brice would uh, take the position left by Delvin Tomlinson and really be be more of an athlete. And I think his best football is ahead of him. Had a lot of unfortunate circumstances happen to him while he in, during his time at Clemson, and that was really, really uh, unfortunate and sad on a lot of different levels. Torn ACL in 2021, lost a longtime brilliant defensive coordinator for the 2022 season, followed by his little sister passing away during the year, and he didn't miss a game because of it. Like, it, There's so many reasons why the production wasn't there, but he's the 18th ranked recruit of ever, according to 24-7 Sports, and they've been doing tracking since, I believe, 1999. And you take a look at all of those elements, and it's... It makes things interesting, Dave. Um, mm-hmm. I like Brise quite a bit, and yeah, this is this is going to be very, very interesting. Um, if they end up taking him, I'm excited. Um, yes, Brett is on his way. Um, he messaged me. He's having he had an issue with his Wi-Fi. He's working on it, and he will be on shortly. And the second he's here, we will get him on the screen. But Dave, I think the first thing we need to talk about here is we have. Another development with the Kirk Cousins saga. And it's a development we kind of already knew, but this portion was confirmed. They had discussions about Trey Lance. Now, if you know me at all, you know that I was incredibly high on Trey Lance in 2021. He was my quarterback, too. He and Justin Fields had the same grade, but I preferred Lance to Fields just because I thought the potential, like the floor with Fields, I thought was low or higher. But I thought Lance's ceiling was higher, and that was something I was willing to bet on. And I've watched a lot of North Dakota State football. They did a lot of pro-style concepts and how he was able to layer the football, how he was able to be accurate, how he was able to run, make plays with his feet. And as a 19-year-old, command the offense 100%. They were trusting him to make the calls at the line of scrimmage, setting protections, yada, yada, bing, bang. He was able to do everything. And he's had a very weird timeline since then played one game in 2020 due to COVID-19 chose not to transfer from North Dakota state was the third overall pick by the 49ers sat behind Jimmy Garoppolo did start a game because of COVID-19 then you have um, the 2022 season where his two starts were a um, monsoon and then you had the start where he ended up breaking his ankle so there's not a whole lot to go on, but he is a very, very intriguing player. And with that, we have Brett Coleman, host of The Film Room on YouTube. Brett, thrilled to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm great. My, my apologies for taking so long. I was trying to get my laptop to work for about 15 minutes, and eventually I just said, screw it, I'm going to go on the phone. <laughs> hey, that, that I, I think Dave's going to be happy because the lighting is good and the audio sounds just fine. So that that <laughs> makes me happy. Uh, Brett, we, great um, backdrop. We, oh, it's gorgeous. I yeah, and you know what? I, <laughs> I gotta right. say, I love I love the NFL hat. It gives me some really nice Rob Low vibes. Except that you know Ball and Rob is just a spectator. Um, one thing we were talking about here, because um, obviously this is the Minnesota Vikings based show, um, the Trey Lance conundrum and. The idea of potentially trading for Trey Lance uh, provides a lot of intrigue, but also a lot of really big question marks just because the, his weird timeline since leaving North Dakota State. Um, where do you kind of sit on Trey Lance as far as his projection and 
where he currently sits in the NFL. Man, it's such a loaded question because there's so many different directions you can go with it. I struggle with it because on one hand, I think he's been dealt kind of a rough hand um, in the sense that he already came into the NFL very inexperienced, um, mostly because of COVID and everything like that. So he, he had very few like actual snaps and actual throws to reference, even as a prospect. And now we are in year, it's year three, I think already. Right. Uh, and because mm-hmm. of injury, he still doesn't have very many snaps and very many throws to reference. And so you're asking, uh, you're asking at this point, um, you know, if, if the Vikings, let's say are going to, are going to trade for Trey Lance, you're asking the Vikings to give up a whole bunch of assets for a quarterback who's in year three of a rookie deal. So there's the whole benefit of having a quarterback on a rookie deal. You get that for less years because he's already mm-hmm. two down. You still don't really know a whole lot about him um, other than, you know, your draft projection from when he was already inexperienced when you didn't know a whole lot about him. And I I do feel like if the Niners are going to give him up, because Brock Purdy's coming off an injury himself, if the Niners are going to give him up, I think they're going to want pretty significant compensation to try to make up for the fact that they gave up a lot of compensation for him. And so... I feel like if the Vikings are going to go after a young quarterback, if they're going all the way up from, I think it's 23, right? It's pick yep. 23. I would, it's not that I don't believe in Lance, but considering that we don't know a whole lot much more about him than we do from the rookies. And in fact, some of the rookies that we're looking at or future rookies that we're looking at have more throws in the last two years than he has in the last five. Um, it's almost a, a, a more tantalizing bet for me to spend more assets to go up for one of the rookies than it is to spend like a, a first round pick to like that 23rd pick to go get Lance. If that, if that makes sense, like I, I would almost considering the, the extra years of flexibility um, can, and considering that some of these guys are, are safer uh, than Lance. I would, it's going to sound crazy, but if Stroud gets past two and he's sitting there in Arizona at three, I'd almost prefer to give up a Trey Lance package, like the one the Niners gave up with a three first round picks, to go get Stroud than I would to just go get Lance. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Stroud is my top quarterback in this class, and I absolutely love him. But one thing that really intrigues me about the Lance connection with Minnesota is they had joint practices last year with the 49ers, so they got to see him up close and personal for three days and he didn't play in the preseason game. But at that point you have so much information on him. The staff would, I'd feel like they would be confident in what they were getting because they had that up close experience with him. My biggest question is not only do you not really know what the player is going to be, but what, what is the compensation going to be? Cause you mentioned it. They gave up three first round picks and I believe a third round pick to go from 12 to three to select Trey Lance. Are NFL teams going to be willing to give up more than, say, a second or third round pick in order to get him considering the start he's had in the league? Like, where do you see his compensation being? And that's the part that I don't know, because I I also don't think the 49ers are that desperate to trade him. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, OK, Brock Purdy's probably going to be the starter. Uh, and I, I mean, God, I was at Niners camp last year and I, I, I even said it back then, like Purdy was 
was having a really good camp and that people were, you know, underselling him. Um, now I couldn't have predicted he was going to go to the NFC championship game. I don't, I don't know who could have, but like the signs were there even before the season that Purdy was not just going to go away quietly. And so, yeah, it's fair to say that Purdy's going to be the projected starter and the other teams know that, but considering Purdy's also coming off a fairly significant injury himself, I don't get the sense of the 49ers are rushing to get rid of Trey Lance um, because they know that, hey, Purdy's a smaller guy who already got hurt in his first season starting. And I, I, I don't get the sense that they're, unless they get blown away, I don't get the sense that they would like to thin themselves out deliberately at quarterback again just in case they get back in the same spot they were last year, which is Christian McCaffrey taking quarterback snaps in the NFC Championship game. Now, don't get me wrong. I love a good Wildcat offense, but I don't like watching an entire game of a Wildcat offense. It's like a poor <laughs> version of NFL Street. That, that's that's not what I want from my nationally televised football. I, I can go uh, to my local high school and get that. Uh, Brett, I, I'm glad I have you on the show because two of the things I want to talk about is I, I want to talk about some really good fits for the Vikings and just some of, some of your favorite players and try to expose my audience because they, they know all the guys I like. They know who I think would be a great fit. And I, uh, being with your experience and background and your involvement with this class, I kind of wanted to just get your take on some of the guys who you really like for the Vikings and uh, kind of just start like uh, in round one, kind of if you're sitting at 23, top four quarterbacks are off the board. Like what, what's your ideal scenario for them? Uh, it, so there's, there's two phases of this question because it's the, if the top four quarterbacks are off the board and then there's, if they go after a quarterback. Now I, up until about a week ago, I thought that they had no shot at Stroud and I still, to a degree, think that they don't have a shot at Stroud because I think Houston would sooner trade out to like the Raiders. But even if Stroud is gone, I still think there's a decent chance that they make a call to Arizona and go get Anthony Richardson. Like, I still think that that is a card that's on the table, Mm -hmm. but let's just ignore quarterback for a second. And let's, let's just say that somebody else beats their offer to go to three and they are stuck at 23. At that point, um, I'm praying to God that Zay Flowers falls. I don't think he would, but that's like best case scenario. JSN I think is long gone. Uh, he's in Tennessee. And so if they're going to get receiver, the more realistic option is we're looking at Jordan Addison. We are looking at Quentin Johnston. If, if you like Quentin Johnston, um, I love I it. Think there could, it. You do. Oh yeah. Well, there, well, he, he, I think it's fairly realistic that he's there at 23, uh, which I think that he's kind of a weird profile, right? Because he's a bigger receiver who doesn't play like a bigger receiver. I think he's, mm-hmm. Not, not that not that his issues aren't like fixable, because uh, I do think that it's more about just like training him how to become a jump ball receiver. He's just not good at it right now. It doesn't mean he can't become that. Um, but in terms of who I would personally prefer, twenty three, the Vikings is about where I'm starting to talk about like Jonathan Mingo, if if they want a big body guy, and oh. you know Mingo. Yeah, Mingo's been steadily, like, quote-unquote, rising uh, 
as as people have have gotten to him. Uh, but there's very few good quality big receivers in this class, and he's one of the best ones. Um, if they don't go receiver uh, on on day one, at de- on day two, I'm looking at At Perry and Cedric Tillman um, as again somebody who could fill that big body role. Um, I would say corner, like <laughs> it's a little bit of a meme. Oh, Vikings going day one corner. Shocker. Well, they could do it again. Mm-hmm. I had heard that, uh, Emmanuel Forbes is going in the first round. Like that's a lock. I pray to God it's not to Minnesota, but I, I had heard that Forbes is going day one. Um, in terms of who I would prefer, like I would prefer like Corey Trice for them. He's like my CB five. Um, I would say, I mean, Deontay Banks is is probably not going to be there, but Deontay Banks would be a pray, like a gift from the gods. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Deontay Banks would be a gift from God. Oh, he would be a gift from God. Um uh, other than receiver and corner, who are you guys? Uh, what positions are you looking at for Minnesota? Because those are the two that I've really been focusing on for them uh, for like three months now. I think if you're going in round one, it's quarterback, wide receiver, or cornerback. But the dark horse one for me has always been defensive line and edge, um, but like a Brian Brisset and Nolan Smith. Because even though they have a full defensive line room, their best defensive lineman is either Harrison Phillips or Dean Lowry. They don't really have any dudes there they just have a bunch of okay guys and then edge you have Zadarius you have Daniil Hunter you have Marcus Davenport all three of those guys are probably off the team next year unless they they end up extending one of them and then DJ Wanham a depth guy he's off the roster as well because he's his contract's gonna expire so like this team could go in a number of different directions but it all depends on what they do with these veterans before we kind of understand hey this is kind of how we want to approach it. But if they don't go those first three, I think the the defensive line pass rush is going to be their priority. I mean, the unsexy pick that would just make sense. Like if we're like, hey, let's just take a good football player that we're pretty sure is going to be a good football player. Uh, Mozzie Smith from Michigan. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think the, the bust potential of Mozzie Smith is extraordinarily low. So if they just don't want to screw it up, I, I could see Mozzie Smith. How concerned are you with Mozzie Smith kind of playing a little too upright? Because I don't, I don't see him getting low enough. He's obviously got that freak explosiveness, but I see him just getting stood up way too much, especially in pass rush. I think part of it was stance. Um, you know, he he played with this same like kind of uh, four point squatty body stance a lot of the time that Quiddy Pay had, which to me, every time I see a young guy do that, I always feel like it's. Because of when when your feet are even, not to get too technical about it, like when your feet are even, I feel like sometimes that promotes guys popping up a little bit early rather than coming at it from like uh, a little bit of an uneven 
like 45 in your back feet, which I think promotes kind of pushing off that front leg more and going a little bit forward, staying lower. So I kind of feel like it's more of a stance thing than anything else. Like it wasn't always stance. Like there were some times where he had a more traditional three point stance that he popped up. But um, in terms of like playing high, playing low, that's one of the things that a good defensive line coach can fix. Uh, What I care most about is, are you an absolute unmitigated freak athlete? Uh, Which he is. And, once upon a time, Minnesota was very good at taking unmitigated freak athletes and making them into really good football players. And I still think they can do that. Yeah. I, I, and Dave is a, my producer is a former lineman himself. So when he hears that technical stuff, he's, he gets all giddy. Uh, yeah. It warms uh, my heart. <laughs> yeah. Now, we've, we've been struggling on the line for quite a while. And I think that's an interesting one. I want to ask you about Corey Trice because and I've I've gotten full in depth on about 65 guys and I've gotten through 12 corners, but Trice isn't somebody I, I've really delved into. Um, he's I think you might be the highest person on him at CB5. I've seen some people like, oh, I kind of like him in like round four, round five range. But you're a lot higher than everybody else. What do you see in him that kind of separates him from what everybody else is seeing? I mean, it's not often that you see a 6'3", like 205-pound corner that can play off-man coverage in T-step. Um, he's a freak athlete. Like, he's like a nine nine six six RAS. Um, he's better in terms of like uh, uh, functional athleticism and how it translates to the corner position. I think he, he has better functional athleticism than even Julius Brents, who had a crazy RAS, like nine nine nine. So... I think he's faster. He's got better long speed. Um, I think, again, he, he plays super well in space. He's very fluid. Uh, very good at playing the ball in the air, um, which you would expect for a bigger corner. Tough against the run. I think he could play inside or outside, you know, considering how, how fluid his feet and hips are. Uh, I think he could even play some safety for you. Like, if you're just trying to get him on the field, I think he could even play some safety. So Corey Trice is somebody who I, I know I'm higher on Trice than like everybody else. Um, but that's okay. I'm not afraid of that. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I, I believe what I see on tape and what I see on tape is a very, very good corner that played in a major conference, went up against a lot of good receivers, a lot of good quarterbacks and, uh, and, and lived to tell the tale. Yeah. And I, I, I have no problem going against the grain. I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of that way myself. Uh, people know me. For being, I was notoriously low on Jamar Chase coming out. I, I I keep getting reminded that about five times a draft cycle. So like it, it is it is about what you see, and I'm I'm very intrigued to kind of get my hands on him, kind of see what that looks like. Um, as far as the rest of the draft, uh, who are some guys that you are maybe higher on in like the day two, day three range? Because knowing Quasi Dopamens' background, if he doesn't go get that quarterback. I think he's going to move back and try and pick three or four times on day two so he can try to maximize that value, which honestly is probably like that 20 to 60 range in the draft. Um, who do you kind of like in, in that day two um, range, even up to like pick 87 where the Vikings are slated to pick? Um, you know, sticking at corner, I would say uh, DJ Turner is one that I'm really high on. I know he's a smaller guy, but he's got incredible just truly incredible movement skills. Uh, I, I think DJ Turner, DJ Turner is who people want Emmanuel Forbes to be. Personally, I know I know Forbes is going to go higher. I get it, but like DJ Turner is a crazy athlete, smaller guy, so he will get bullied a little bit by big body receivers. That's why I project him more as a nickel. Um, 
but I would at least try them outside just to see what happens. Hmm. Like I, I would, I would just try it first. And I think that this is going to be a little bit wild, but I think you could put them at free safety and have a free safety that runs four two seven just for shits and giggles. Because uh, he would have unmatched range on the back end, and I think he'd do it. Like I think he, I think he'd be perfectly happy to do it because he'd get a whole bunch of opportunities for picks. Um, sticking with quarterback on day two, uh, Doreen Thompson Robinson, I think is somebody who absolutely is in play for the Vikings. If they don't, uh, get a chance to move up on day one, or if they don't trade for Trey Lance. Uh, I also think Aiden O'Connell would be like a wild card type pick for them in the third or fourth round. Uh, my comp for Aiden O'Connell is literally Kirk Cousins. I know a lot of Vikings fans would say, dear God, please no, I don't want another Kirk Cousins. Well, would you want another Kirk Cousins for like, 10% of the cost because <laughs> that's, that's what you'd be getting with him. Uh, and he's somebody who I think could like play very early on in his career and be totally fine. Uh, so even if they don't go quarterback day one, there are legitimate quarterback options on day two that I think wherever they go, will start games in the NFL and probably be pretty good at it. couple questions here uh, kind of stemming off that you talk about smaller corners with DJ Turner, one of the smallest guys that I've, I've ever scouted, Trey Hodges Tomlinson from TCU. If that dude was six feet tall, I think we'd be talking about him maybe going top 10, top 15, just with how mm-hmm. he plays the game and how – but that size, you can just tell. Even though with his 36 pass breakups, his ball production is tremendous. He's so limiting, especially when he does like drop cover two, and you can just layer the football right over him because he just doesn't have the length to be able to go get it. Like, How do you look at a guy like that and try to project him into the NFL because – I don't know if he can play slot. I also don't know that he can't. But if you leave him on the outside, it just, it feels like a potential recipe for disaster. He's another one of those guys who has just crazy special movement skills. Feet, burst, hips, all of it. Um, but then he goes up against a 6-2 receiver and just gets bullied. Just gets straight up bullied. Um, I think, you know, kind of his one of his best traits is – laterally like you know crossing routes dig routes over routes that kind of stuff his burst to recover and undercut those is pretty special which makes me think that if he's going to survive anywhere it would be inside as a nickel i just i don't think he has the size to play fades and everything against big body receivers outside but he's another one of those guys where i'm like man i kind of want to try him at safety because at that point he's coming at stuff from over the top and using that burst and, and range and everything like that to make plays from the top top of the shelf, um, which I think is, is a little bit easier for a guy his size to do. So even if he doesn't play corner, he's going to get on the field somewhere as a safety and be like an even faster version of LaMarcus Joyner, who's now going into year 10 of his career. So like we've seen guys his size work before, or size-ish work before, hmm. uh, not at corner. The the one thing when you said move him to safety that I thought of immediately was the Earl Thomas effect and how successful he was on the back of those Legion of Boom defenses. And that that's really intriguing. But would you want to just move him to safety immediately? Something that the Vikings did with Cam Bynum. Obviously, a fourth-round pick. Kind of a different situation with Bynum than it is with Tomlinson. But it, would you want to f- let him fail a corner before safety or just make that move immediately? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I kind of would approach it differently than DJ Turner because DJ Turner's bigger. Um, and I would just I would cut to the chase and just move him because I want him to get used to it. And I, I want him to get used to new angles and, and the new timings of stuff and new responsibilities, new techniques. I, I kind of want to just like not not waste everybody's time because I, I just it, it barely worked in college. Barely. I don't want to mess with it in the pros. I'd rather just skip that step. Yeah, I don't blame you. And I'm curious about O'Connell because when I watch him, he if there was a guy that could potentially be like the next Brock Purdy, like we're going to just find one of those guys every year, he kind of stood out to me just because there's really nothing special about him athletically um, or arm talent, but he's just a really good distributor of the football. Um, I'm curious if you like him more than a guy like Jake Hayner, who I kind of see in a similar light, but I just I think Hayner has just a little bit more upside, especially with how he's able to stand in the pocket and just take absolutely stupid hits and get himself injured every other game. But he's just got that gamer and grit to him. Um, but kind of how do you compare those two guys? I do like O'Connell a little bit better. And maybe a lot of that is colored by the fact that I've actually gotten to like sit down and interview and watch tape with O'Connell and like just listen to how he sees the game, how he approaches the game. Uh, you know, get a get a, a sense of his temperament, his personality, and I think he's just—he's one of those guys who's just not bothered by anything. Um, and I think that's important if you're a quarterback. It's it's it's, kind of, it's a very Eli Manning type temperament that he has. Um, mm. It's rare to find in a guy his age, right? You know, where he already talks and acts like a veteran quarterback who's been around for a long time. Um, you know, played played a lot of football at Purdue, a lot of football. Luckily, all under one offensive coordinator. Um, you know, had a lot of different responsibility there. Um, really intrigued by his downfield aggression, and, and some of his highlight throws are pretty damn impressive. Now, he'd get a lot of dip on his chips sometimes and get in trouble with bad interceptions, but again, I, I think every young quarterback has a phase where they throw bad interceptions, and I'd rather get it out in college than, than get it out in the pros. Um, but I think he's a, he's one of those guys who's going to be better in the NFL than, than in college because he has some experience or so much experience, just like Brock Purdy, uh, because he's, he's played a lot of football. He's made a lot of throws. He made a lot of mistakes and he's gotten that stuff out of the way, you know, compare that to Brock Purdy, who smaller than O'Connell, less of an arm than O'Connell, but similar experience level in terms of amount of throws he had in college. And like, I'm watching him at practice Shrine Bowl week and I'm like, no way. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And then I get to Niners camp six months later and he was the best quarterback on the field. And I, and I don't think that would have happened without having that much experience in college and getting the mistakes out of the way. Um, so I'm, I'm big on O'Connell. And again, he's another one of those guys where I'm bigger on him than, than most people. Uh, but just looking at the tape and talking to the guy about that tape, mm-hmm. uh, really made me confident in what he's going to be, which is a long-time pro, probably as a backup, but potentially as a starter, and somebody who I think is going to be cashing NFL checks a lot of years from now, and, and that's important to me. 
hey, that that's always a, a good thing. Um, one more question, Brett, and then I, I want to be respectful of your time. Who is the one guy in this class after round one that you would you would be standing up pounding on the table for? Ooh, God, there's a lot of those. Uh, after round one. Feel free to name multiple. I, I was just only asking for one. So, I, again, I still think there's an outside chance, a very outside chance he goes in round one, but I'm assuming he won't. Uh, that's Jartavius Martin from Illinois. Uh, another one of these kind of like nickel safety hybrids, played mostly nickel at, at Illinois. Uh, just absolutely locked down defender inside. Great feet, great hips, super explosive. When he is at safety, ton of range on the back end. It, it, there's very it, it, there's very few guys in this class that I feel super comfortable with day one. They're in the slot. Devontae Adams motions inside, and you say, go survive. He's one of them. Other than, like, you know, the very top guys, the Witherspoon, the Gonzalez, stuff like that. Very few guys who I think against a top-tier receiver with a two-way go, Devontae, Cooper Cup, you know, <laughs> even, like, Justin Jefferson in practice. Who are you going to put on J.J. in practice? He's it. Um, not that the Viking, like the Vikings DB need is much more dire outside than inside, in my opinion. But if they really want just an absolute hell raiser inside, somebody who can play the run, can blitz, it's Jartavius Martin. And he's one of my favorite DBs, uh, of, of all sizes and shapes in this class for that reason. Yeah. He's, he's just a little firecracker. That entire Illinois secondary was just unfair. If you would have given them any kind of success on offense, I would have loved to see them in a big boy bowl game. Dave, before we let Brett go, do you have any questions for him? Uh, the viewers asked, what's his view on Hendon Hooker? Oh, it's tough. <laughs> um, my problem, I don't really want to say it's a problem. I just, I don't know what to do with him. I don't know what to do with him. Um, you know, because he, he is coming off an injury, so that will impact his rookie offseason and everything like that. But mainly it's it's the fact that the Tennessee offense just just doesn't really translate to what happens in the NFL. Uh, and so I, I just don't know I don't know how to approach the evaluation. And it's not questioning that he can learn an NFL offense. It's just I, I don't really see him do a lot of NFL concepts, you know, full field reads, reading top to bottom. Um you know, all the deep choice stuff that they do at Tennessee, like it, it's it's like they made an entire offense out of side dishes rather than the entree. And I it really clouds the evaluation to the point where all I can really do is look at physical traits. He's got great physical traits by all accounts. I haven't talked to him myself, but by all accounts, he's a phenomenal leader. And so if we're just talking about, okay, we take the physical traits and we take the leadership and we figure out the rest, I'm okay with that. I don't know if I'd spend a first-round pick on that because the tape to me, other than, yeah, we know he throws a really damn good deep ball. I don't really know anything else. I don't really know anything else because nobody in the NFL runs deep choice like that. And it's so different than, you know, when I used to say the same thing about, oh, there's never been a successful air raid quarterback in the NFL. The only Up to the point where Patrick Mahomes came in the NFL, the only successful air raid quarterback was Case Keenum. And that was – successful ish. Uh, and, and then obviously 
most of the air raid quarterbacks started succeeding because the NFL started running air raid stuff. NFL's not running deep choice. They're never going to start running deep choice as like the main concept of their offense. So again, I, it's, it's different than, than the air raid takeover. And I truly don't know how to approach it other than I know he's talented and I know he's a good guy. I'd take a swing on it in the second round just to see what we got. I don't know if I'd do it in the first. Well, Does age of... concern you with Hooker? Considering how long quarterbacks play these days, not as much. You know, it's like, oh, we're getting two contracts out of them rather than three. Okay, so we're getting eight years of football. Like, that's – I don't care if we're spending a second-round pick on a guy who's playing for eight years. Like, that's good, right? You know, so, uh, hell, it took it took Geno Smith, what, nine years to, to finally – do what he did last year and and you know he's going to play till he's 35 and you know if Hen and Hooker if Hen and Hooker gets 10 years he's playing until he's 35 and, and we would love that that'd be great yeah you know I'm not it, it's it's awesome when you can get a unicorn quarterback who's coming out at like 21 years old and you're like oh my god we're gonna get him for 15 years it's unrealistic very few franchises ever get that so I would rather that you know if we're getting eight years I'm totally fine because that's two contracts if you get an eight-year window with a with a quarterback and they and they work out and they're good, you can win a Super Bowl in that time. You go to multiple Super Bowls in that time. So I'm not I'm not necessarily worried about that as much. Awesome for me. Hey, I, first off, I want to thank you for coming on, Brett, Tyler. Yeah, uh, Brett. Uh- I'm very appreciative of your time today. I know for all of us, it's just a crazy time, and and especially yourself with all the projects you have going on. Um, where can the people find you in all your projects? Because I know you're even doing some work with NFL teams now. Yeah, uh, I, I got another video coming out with the Chargers uh, pretty soon here, talking about the Kellen Moore offense and, in particular, how he structures his passing game. Um, I, I don't think I have any any damaging plays against the Vikings in there, so don't worry. You know the bad man can't hurt you anymore. Uh, I got a couple more projects coming out uh, with the NFL. Um, I, know, I know you made a request for for like 2004 Dante Culpepper to Nate Burleson. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can get some of that. I know they have all of the film going back to like 2002 at this point, so I'm sure it's it's in the vault somewhere. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I got my own draft coverage going on over on my channel at Brett Coleman, as well as my podcast channel, the bootleg football podcast. So, uh, going to be in Kansas city for the draft. Lots going on next week or so. Oh yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot going on and I, I'm excited to kind of see what your thoughts are, uh, throughout the entire draft process. And, um, sometime I'm down the line. I'd, I'd love to have you on again and just be able to uh, shoot the shit and talk ball because this these are these are the best kinds of conversations for me. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome, D- Dave. What's the one thing we always say when we finish off our shows? We say Skull Vikings, Skull Vikings, baby. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community. And we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone!